Well, hello there, friend. I am popping in today to talk to you about one of the main questions I get about feeding kids, which is, what should I do when my kid says, I don't like that? Let's dive in. Hi there. I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done. And kids who say their favorite foods are things like... Gummy bread. Pretzel, of course. Maggie. Ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real-world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. All right, so let's tackle this question. What should I do when my kid says, I don't like that? This is going to be a short and sweet episode today because it is pretty straightforward. And I want to give you a few caveats before we dive in. And then I'm going to share a bunch of resources with you from this episode, because I think it might bring up some questions about folks who are like not quite there yet with feeding their family the way that I'm talking about in this episode. So all of the show notes can be found at cookingwithfullplate.com slash feeding kids. So I'm going to start big picture, give you the answer to the question, and then I'm going to dive into some of the details. I hope that's all right with you. So what should I do when my kids say, I don't like that? The only thing I can tell you is what I say. And this is what it sounds like. Mom. I don't like this thing. Or like, mom, this bar is gross. I don't want to eat it. And here's what I say every single time. That's cool. You don't have to eat it. That's literally it. It's kind of not exciting, huh? Like maybe you were expecting a big answer or how I was going to argue with them or how I was going to convince them to eat it. And I have been there. Like so many of us spend our time just doing this. And I have spent more energy and time than I would like to think about trying to convince my kids to eat things, especially my first kid, because I just didn't know. I wanted him to be a great eater. And I thought that the way that I would do that is by getting him to try everything, by pressuring him into eating things, by saying, well, this is all there is to eat and by having an argument. And if you have ever argued with kids, which like if you haven't ever argued with kids and you have them, please write me a message and let me know how. But if you have ever argued with kids, you know how futile it can be. And when it comes to food, I just realized that that wasn't the relationship I wanted to have with them around food. And it wasn't the relationship I wanted my kids to have around food. So let me take a step back and get into some of the more of the minutia around how I got to this point of feeling super comfortable just saying, you don't have to eat that. It all started when I had a conversation with Natalia Stasenko of Feeding Bites on the podcast when it was in its former incarnation with my co-host, Emily. I will link to that episode in the show notes because what Natalia shared in that episode was life-changing for me. She talks a lot about the division of responsibility in feeding, which comes from Ellen Satter. And if you have heard me talk about this before, then you already know the basics, but let me give you a high-level overview. The division of responsibility in feeding says this, the parents are responsible for the what, the when and the where of feeding, and the kids are in charge of the weather and how much. So that means I'm in charge of what I offer to my kids to eat, when they are offered food to eat, and where they eat it, whether it be on a picnic or at the dinner table, right? Those are my responsibilities. Their responsibility is whether they're going to eat and how much they're going to eat if they decide to eat it all. What I love so much about this approach and why it was so freeing is because it made me realize that it is not up to my kid to decide what they get to eat at any given time. And it's not up to me to decide how much they're going to eat at any given time. And so this simple answer was born. 
and this simple sort of feeling of freedom around letting my kids make their own decisions around food within the context of what is up to them. So you may be asking yourself the question that I get lots of times, which is like, I'm serving things and my kid just doesn't like them. And so one of the techniques that I have used is making sure that there's something I know my kids will like at every meal. This could be as simple as blueberries or sliced cheese or crackers or chips or anything that I kind of deem acceptable at that meal that I know that they will enjoy. And by the way, the same is true for my husband and I. I like to make sure that we all have something that we'll enjoy at the meal. That doesn't mean all of us eats every single part of the meal. It all it means that we all have an option that we like. And so this has evolved into us eating really family style. You can see a lot of photos of this on my Instagram stories. I'm trying to share more and more. Like, what does real dinner look like? And I've had to let go of this idea that every dinner has to be cohesive and make sense and instead embrace that I am pleasing lots of people. And if I don't want to become a short order cook where I'm cooking something different for everyone, I have to get a little bit liberal in what the different pieces that work for everybody look like. This is a total interlude, but can I just tell you something funny, which is that when we didn't have kids, so pre-kid life, which is different than post-kid life for most of us, it's certainly different for me. When we would have a dinner party, I used to never let anyone bring anything because I was so fastidious about making sure that everything went together. And I was like, what if they don't know what goes with the main meal that I'm making? And it's just a funny memory now because I have gotten so liberal with what quote unquote goes together that it's almost laughable. Like, do these things really go together? Not at all. The other night I served, and you can find it on my Instagram feed, chickpea macaroni and cheese, steamed broccoli, which I thought went together. The kids didn't eat the broccoli and some blueberries. And I was like, all right, that's going to be a good enough dinner. This is what it is. So let's go back to that macaroni and cheese example and use it as like a real world example of what this looks like when my kids say they don't like something. So we had macaroni and cheese, we had steamed broccoli, we had blueberries. I accepted ahead of time that there was a very high likelihood that my kids were only going to eat the macaroni and cheese. And so I made a decision that I could feel good about because remember, I'm not in charge of how much or whether they eat, I'm in charge of serving them food. So this is why I made the chickpea macaroni and cheese. I also buy the grass-fed Annie's macaroni and cheese because those are options I feel good about. You get to decide what those are for you, right? So I went in knowing that they might only eat the macaroni and cheese, but I was ambitious and I still put the broccoli out there and I was enjoying it and I didn't put pressure on them, but I said, oh, you know, would you like a piece of broccoli? And both of them said yes. So I put a piece of broccoli on their plate and my um, almost five-year-old looks at it and he's like, is this broccoli cooked? I was like, well, yeah, it was frozen and I steamed it and he's like, I don't like broccoli. And this is where I thought back to how I might have been before and actually what inspired me to record this episode where I would have been like, well, Gavin, we have to have vegetables with every meal and it's really important that you eat vegetables and trying to almost like logic him into eating the vegetable. And instead I was like, oh, you only like raw broccoli. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, you don't have to eat it. And that was it. He ate a couple of servings of macaroni and cheese, he ate a little bit of blueberries. And the thing is, is that like the other place that I have realized that I can give myself more freedom is not taking such a micro perspective on meal to meal. So he didn't eat broccoli with dinner. He didn't have any vegetable with dinner, right? But he had fruit with breakfast. He had fruit with snack. He had vegetables at lunch. He had vegetables in a snack. 
he had, you know, macaroni and cheese for dinner. And then he was offered fruit with bedtime snack as well. So while that might be a lot of fruit, that's another episode for another day. I think it's a great example of taking like a bigger picture view and saying like, my kids actually got a lot of produce today. And by letting go of the feeling that every meal needs to be perfectly balanced, I can embrace this idea of you don't have to eat that. One more caveat to this approach is that because I have embraced that I am the maker of decisions around food in terms of the what, the when, and the where, I don't offer another option if they decide they don't like something. So it's not like, mom, I don't like this bar. Um, I will always say, okay, well, you don't have to eat it. But I'm not then like in this scrambling war of like, well, what do you want to eat? Let me make you something. Like, tell me what you want to eat and I'll get something for you. And the reason for that is because I have decided this is what's offered at this opportunity. And maybe it's a bar plus a pear. Okay, so they only decide to eat the pear or maybe they don't decide to eat at all. Learning to resist the temptation to fix everything for them, to offer them all the options, to make sure that they have something that they'll eat has been really key in embracing this approach and keeping my sanity. So I think that's all I'm going to say today. The answer to the question, what should I do when my kid says, I don't like that, is of course up to you. You get to decide what works for you. But I hope some examples of how I have handled this in my family, how embracing division of responsibility has changed everything for us, and how not needing to get my kids to eat everything or even anything at every meal has been really freeing, has given you some food for thought and thinking about how you can handle this comment in your household. Thanks so much for listening in today. I always appreciate that you have spent time with me and I will talk to you again next Tuesday. Okay. Just kidding. It's me again. I know you thought I was done and I did too, but I have been thinking about this episode and I just wanted to come back and record a quick PS, which is probably already obvious from the advice I gave today, but here it is. If you suspect that your child has extreme picky eating tendencies, the experience that I shared with you today probably doesn't apply to you. Now, I was curious, like, what is extreme picky eating anyways? And I found this from Real Mom Nutrition that they define it as um, not eating enough quantity or variety to support healthy emotional, physical, or social development or eating patterns that are significant source of conflict or worry. And some of the red flags are things like being upset or crying around food, falling off growth curves, and social isolation. Um, These are probably things you've heard about from your doctor if your child is exhibiting men. And so my caveat here is just if you have a child who has extreme picky eating tendencies, I would highly recommend that you find a professional to work with. And always, always, always remember that, you know, as a mom, you probably know best about your kids. And so I hope my advice today was helpful as a grain of salt, something else to consider, but certainly just wanted to point out that there are some cases where this might not work for you. And I honor that as well.